Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, episode number 81. This episode was inspired by someone I grew up with who sent me a DM this week asking me, do you have anything I can use to help my team to learn, develop, and improve their critical thinking skills? Alex, this one is for you. For those of you who are new here, my name is Andrea Samadhi. I'm a former educator who created this podcast to bring awareness, ideas and strategies to our most pressing issues facing educators in the workplace or parents working from home or in the corporate space to keep all of us working at our highest levels of productivity. Each episode, we provide you with specific tools, resources, and ideas to implement proven strategies that are backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to improve daily productivity, achievement, and results. This week, we're looking at thinking, specifically what we can do to improve our thinking skills. Have you recently heard yourself or someone else say, I'm so busy, I can barely think? Or have you ever told your kids to be quiet so you can think? I've heard it and said it myself more so these days than usual, as our schedules just seem to be getting busier and busier each month with the new events unfolding in the world and with the fact that many children are going back to school distance learning at home while parents are working, and we all remember how that went in the spring. So many of us are finding it difficult to think, focus, and concentrate under these new conditions that require us to put in a bit more effort than we might have been used to in the past. I hope you find these strategies on thinking as helpful as I have and find ways to implement just one or two of them to make life flow easier for all of us as we move into the final half of 2020. Before we look at strategies to improve our thinking skills, I want to dive deeper into what exactly thinking is as it happens in the brain. When you are thinking, your neurons, 86 billion of them, are shooting messages back and forth. This firing of neurons uses two-thirds of your brain's energy and is powered by a molecule called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, if you can remember that from ninth grade science class. And this is generated by the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, which burns glucose that gives us the energy we need to think. This means that our brain runs on this simple sugar, and if we're low on this fuel, it's harder for the brain to work. So we've got to remember to eat to provide the fuel our brain needs to think and rest. But eating and rest are only a part of the solution. There's so much more that we can do to optimize the power of our thinking brain. We've mentioned in previous episodes, number 23, understanding the difference between your mind and your brain, about ways we can strengthen our brain and thinking with the power of the unfocused mind. In previous episodes, we did hear this point mentioned by some of the top thinkers in the world. Bob Proctor on episode number 66 mentioned this fact when he pointed out at the beginning of Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret program, where Earl talks about the famous Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, 
who recalled being asked by a reporter, what's wrong with man today? And Dr. Schweitzer thought about it for a minute and then answered, they simply don't think, which makes sense to me because I know life runs smoother when I can take the time to think. Eric Jensen also talked about the power of taking breaks in relation to learning in episode number 79 when he asked Dr. Terry Snowski, a leading scientist from the Salk Institute who co-authored the book called Learning How to Learn. Eric asked Dr. Snowski about the best way to help students form long-term memories with what they're learning, and he replied, 10 minutes of instruction, then go take a walk and stop your brain from processing. The brain requires time to consolidate the information that comes into it, or we'll get into what we know to be called information overload, where nothing that we're learning or taking in will be retained. I mentioned that we've covered tips to strengthen our brain and cognition, the mental action of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought, experience, and our senses in episode number 23, but let's just quickly review them. Tip number one. Take brief relaxation breaks to maintain focus and improve your ability to think and problem solve. We must find a way to relax our brain and body. It's during these resting states that remarkable activity takes place, allowing the brain to creatively solve problems. Dr. Srini Pillay, an assistant professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, who I'm working really hard to get on as a guest, wrote a book about the importance of this resting period in his book, Tinker, Dabble, Doodle, Try. It's all about unlocking the power of the unfocused mind. In this book, Peely explains that too much focus depletes your brain of glucose and depletes you. We just spoke about the importance of glucose as energy to keep our brain running optimally, so we've got to think of ways to conserve our energy. Pele believes in the fact that it's as equally important to have strategies for purposeful focusing in addition to unfocusing our mind to improve resourcefulness, creativity, optimism, and well-being. When you can build unfocused time into your day, it will allow you to make better decisions and will give you more energy. Tip number two. Be mindful of ways to eliminate decision fatigue, allowing those times for your mind to become unfocused. Remember that Einstein discovered his theory of relativity by using his intuition, and then he used logic to explain it. This unfocused time can take you to places and insights where focus cannot. We've all heard strategies used by the most successful thinkers in the world designed around eliminating decision fatigue. Steve Jobs became famous for cutting down the number of decisions he had to make every day by wearing the same clothes each day. Since we typically make 35,000 decisions every day, a simple way to conserve our brain power is to cut down the number of decisions you need to make. You can do this by choosing the same foods to eat at breakfast and lunch, or by getting the same outfits that you like to wear in different colors. When you can create routines like this for yourself, it will prevent life's daily distractions that are always going to be there from zapping the energy that you can use somewhere else. Tip number three, improve the circuits of your brain by learning to look within for answers. In his book, Mindsight, The New Science of Personal Transformation, Dr. Dan Siegel from episode 28 shares that teachers introduced to a concept called Mindsight or the ability to focus on the inner life of the student or child 
teaching with the brain and mind reaches students in deeper and more lasting ways. The research shows that developing the ability to make sense of your own life and past experiences translates into the development of your students and children. But this self-awareness also creates a sense of peace and understanding in your own life, allowing more energy to be funneled towards what's important for you in your present and future instead of spending time worrying about what we cannot change from our past. Once you learn to implement these energy-saving strategies as habits, you'll have more space available to think. You can then take your thinking to the next level. When I received the message on social media last week from my friend asking, what do you have on improving someone's critical thinking skills? I immediately thought of episode 12 that is already created on responsible decision-making. But when I looked at it, there was something missing. It was missing the fact that it's really difficult to think or make decisions the way the world is today without some sort of serious introspection. Once we can take the time to step away and give our brain some time to rest, thinking and decision-making will become much easier. So how do we improve our decision-making muscles in the workplace? Even though adults have a fully developed prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that makes decisions, We still need a process to follow to ensure we're making effective and smart decisions that yield the results we're looking for. If you want to go back to episode 12 on responsible decision making for review, remember that to make an effective decision, you must first of all learn how to think that we've just covered with tips to relax and save energy to maximize your ability to think. The process of thinking is carried out by the executive functions in your brain in your prefrontal cortex. So functions like planning, implementing, monitoring, and making adjustments to overcome the problems are all involved with our ability to think. So if you've got a goal or a problem, something that you want to solve, here's a simple four-step process that you can use that eventually should become habit and increase your performance for decision-making. Start with these four steps. First, evaluate the problem that you want to solve. This process begins in your frontal lobes. What's the problem? What outcomes are you looking for? Is your outcome achievable? Is it meaningful? Attach meaning and emotion to help increase your motivation. Make sure everyone on your team is on board with the why or the motivation behind your goal. Step two, plan your strategy. Next, your frontal lobe maps out the strategies needed as you ask yourself, where am I now, where do I want to go, and how will I get there, and what strategies and tactics do I need? Your strategy is your game plan. I've seen this plan mapped out many different ways, but knowing where you're starting from, what your end goal is, and identifying what's missing, your gaps, is crucial at this step. This is where skill development takes place and the gaps are filled. Become clear on what's missing and what must be learned to achieve the goal. Who can we consult to fill in our gaps? Identify the experts that you'll need. Step three, break down your strategy into tactics. Once you've listed the strategies that you'll use, then you've got to break down the strategy into smaller chunks or tasks. Tactics can help you to carry out your overall strategy one day at a time as your frontal lobe works with your body to put these ideas into action. This is where the hard work comes into play. 
finally, step four is to monitor, adjust, and track your progress. When you take action, your frontal lobe is ready to make changes as obstacles come up. Be ready to pivot when needed as you monitor what's working and what isn't. Effective decision-making requires ongoing evaluation of these four steps. Who can you bring on your team to help you to overcome obstacles that you're facing and what else do you need? When you're able to implement the energy-saving strategies of taking unfocused breaks to allow for more creativity to flow or add in some new strategies to eliminate decision fatigue or becoming confident in your abilities as you search for answers from within, your ability to make quick and certain decisions will improve. You'll create reservoirs of energy that you can access on a daily basis so that when decision-making or problem-solving comes up, you'll be prepared mentally and physically to go quickly through the four-step process, making sounder and more steadfast decisions while solving problems. But it all began with the understanding of what the brain needs to run efficiently. If you do not allow for the rest it needs or the proper fuel, you'll notice that thinking is the hardest work in the world. Remember, the brain is involved in everything that we do and everything we are, so we must tie this into our daily decision-making process to optimize our future behavior and results. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.